Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Am I breaking up? No, no breaking okay. up. Good, good sound. Apparently, uh, my Wi-Fi is on the struggle bus today, so. Hey, we've all been there. You know, can't judge. Yeah, yeah. Well, other than your Wi-Fi, uh, how you been? Oh, you know, just living the dream. <laughs> yeah. I got a vaccine appointment today, though. Awesome. Yes. I got mine. I got mine scheduled uh, for next Saturday. I'm getting it on Wednesday. I have to go 40 minutes out of the city on an, in an Uber, but it's the J&J, so I don't have to do it again. Hey, there you go. And then it works out that when my two weeks is up for like the full effect to take or whatever, and I'm mm-hmm. like fully immunized or whatever it is. It's the same time everybody who has their second dose is done, so I can hang out with my friends again. Hey, there we go. So Caitlin and I are like two weeks lined up at exactly the same time, and I'm like, yes. Uh, I am on one of the uh, two stage ones, so my second shot isn't till May. That's okay, you know, living, you're getting it, you're getting it done, you're getting, Yeah. I support anybody getting it done, I just got lucky, because I was, like, looking this morning, and I, they're, they opened up the site near Wrigley Field, and so I was like, oh, perfect, I can go to that one, because it's, like, not too far from my house, and then it was, like, I went to go make the appointment, and by the time I figured out, filled out all the bullshit, they were like, just mm-hmm. kidding. There's no more appointments for the next week. And I was Ugh. like, cool, I'm going to go fuck myself then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I went back to the original website and they were like, there's some in like Forest Park in Norridge. And I'm like, I mean, do I really want to go out that far? And then I was, and then nothing close to me, like the closest thing I could get to was Forest Park or Norridge. So which are like Western suburbs. So mm-hmm. I was like, mm, fuck me in the ass. I guess I'm going to go out to, to Forest Park. So I booked one for 945 on Wednesday morning in Forest Park. And then now I have a secondary account um, with Walgreens just in case. Because every once in a while, one will pop up in like Gold Coast. But then by mm. the time I try to go and book it, they're like, JK, it, there's no appointments in the Gold Coast. And I'm like, I figured. But um. Yeah, so I'm going to check in over the next couple of days because I can always cancel the other appointments if I can get yeah. one closer. But if worst case, I have it. So yeah, good news. I'm glad you're getting it too. We're all getting, we're all getting vaxxed. I have never been so excited to get a shot. Like, right? I'm I'm ecstatic because uh, my birthday is a little over a week away. Uh, so unfortunately, I am gonna have my second quarantine birthday. But by the time I get my second dose, I'll actually be able to do something for my best friend's birthday in June. And I haven't seen her since Halloween 2019. 
So there you go. You can have <laughs> you can have a joint birthday party. Yours is just belated because Monica and Caitlin and I are going to do that too. We're going to go on like a super soft birthday road trip to Galena and like go and like get a house for the weekend and like like a townhouse and like mm-hmm. live our best lives and have because her birthday is in April a couple of days before yours. Caitlin's is and then Monica's is the week after mine. So it's just going to be like, we're all going to be vaccinated by mid-May. So we're all, we're just going to have like super soft birthday weekend. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because last year we were supposed to go to California. Right. We didn't go to California because of the pandemic. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because I'm also going to be able to see my grandma. My grandma has been fully vaccinated. Uh, and I haven't seen her in a very long time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I got, got news today that that friend that I'm going to do the birthday thing with, uh, she just got hired full time at one of the high schools she's been teaching at. Uh, so I'm super happy for her. So like, It's good news, like, all around. Things are looking up. Everything is coming up Millhouse. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to being vaccinated. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you, though, there's nothing more anxiety-producing to me than what's going to happen to me on Wednesday. I hate needles. Like, I know mm-hmm. that I have seven tattoos, but most of them are places I couldn't watch it happen. So that's, yeah. you know, I hate needles. I hate shots. I do not trust strangers driving me in cars for long periods of time. So like a mm-hmm. Lyft and Uber and a cab are my nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. And I am going 40 minutes out of the city to a city that I don't know. I've never been to by mm-hmm. myself. So all of this is like super anxiety producing for me. And you know what? And it's going to be like 80 bucks for me to get out there. And yeah, but like, it's like 40 bucks out and 40 bucks back in a lift. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's an available appointment. It's the one shot. So I don't have to schedule a second one and I can just be in and out and done. And I won't have to do this again. So that's worth 80 bucks, you know, like in grand scheme. In this grand scheme of shit, a eighty dollars worth of Uber ride or Lyft ride is ex- for a free shot and the peace of mind that I, in two weeks, I can go see all of my friends again. Fine, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> but, I'm lucky because I only have like a twenty minute drive to the next town over, uh, so it could it could be much worse for me because I know people here that. Uh, before vaccines were getting more widely available, they would drive like an hour and a half, like south of Denver, to get uh, vaccinated. And like I could have, I could have gotten an earlier appointment if I was willing to s- drive to Steamboat Springs, but that's like three hours away, and like I don't want to do that. <laughs> Hey, my friend, one of my roommates from college was from Steamboat Springs. Steamboat's awesome. Uh, that was a, a super cool place. Uh, I, I haven't been in years. 
Uh, but she was a super. She's a super cool chick. There, there. I don't know if it's still there, but there was a big maze that you could do there. Uh, that was super elaborate, and you would have to like go through it and stamp your card. And I remember I was probably like ten at that point, and it was like being in a real video game. It was it was a joy. I would love to go back there, but I wasn't gonna go there just to get a shot. Yeah, I get that. Oh man, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm really really excited about it. And the interesting part is the place where they're gonna I'm gonna have them give them my shot in the left arm, and it's because I've had. Uh, plan basically since the beginning of the pandemic of my next tattoo which is going to be a She-Ra related tattoo because uh, that show means a lot to me and it's going to say we must be brave and we must be strong and I'm like man getting that where my vaccine's going to be it's going to be like great metaphor dude great metaphor hell yeah um <laughs> i don't know if it's a metaphor uh yeah since i'm not really understanding where the metaphor is but okay just, it's, uh just symbolism symbolism like because okay. it's gonna be a, like a picture of a sword so getting that where i'm getting stabbed Valid. there Valid. we go i had to i had to work through the full uh <laughs> the full story uh hey hey guys it's episode three back like we're still kicking the tires we're 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 trying um but uh i have something that i haven't told you yet uh and we can spend as little or as much time on this as you want uh because we do we do have a lot to talk about I know right. we have we a have lot to talk three about. Three episodes of Fucky and Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So I started a video game. Uh, yeah. And it's a video game that you have played. Okay. Uh, and it's called Avengers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I finally started Listen, Avengers. It's not the best game that I've ever played, but was I entertained no. by the story? Absolutely, I was. Listen, I'm not looking for high art. It's the Mm -hmm. same as I feel about the Avengers or the MCU movies. Do I expect them to be high art? Fuck no, I don't. I'm expecting to go watch some shit and beat up some monsters and listen, or some bad guys or some aim bots or whatever the fuck. And Mm -hmm. I had a good time playing it. Would I recommend it to you if you didn't like the Avengers? Absolutely not. Good God, if no. You li- <laughs> right. But if you like if you like the Avengers and you enjoy listening to them be kind of mad at each other sometimes, and also you want to see Steve and Tony be super homosexual, like, this is the game you should play. <laughs> so uh, I haven't finished the story yet, uh, and I'm not even sure, like, how far along I am. But I finally, uh, I finally just got Black Widow. And, oh, okay. So you're almost you're almost there then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Once uh, you get Natasha, 
once you get Natasha, you're kind of like getting towards the end um, where you're going to go to the space station and like do all the shit. So uh, I've, I've enjoyed the game up to this point and like playing as Kamala is fun. Playing as Hulk is fun. Playing as Tony is fun. Uh, I very much like playing as Kate, but they have like, weird stuff about like sometimes you can use her in the story missions and sometimes you can't uh so i haven't get gotten a chance to play as her too much but yeah because she was added after the fact because she has her own like dlc stuff with clint Mm -hmm. so like you can't i can see why they don't really let you utilize kate all that much in the main story but um because she wasn't even an option. Yeah. When I played through the first time. So. But uh, I got to tell you, I've had I've had a, like a thing that I've bumped into with, uh, especially Hulk, Iron Man, and Miss Marvel, where they don't control exactly the way the that you would expect them to. Right, and, and so it's a little bit like frustrating to to play as them, but then when I unlocked Black Widow, and I started playing as her, I was like, "Oh no, no, no! This is it. This is what I've been looking for." Yeah, and now I'm having a blast. Now I'm so like, Black Widow is my main. Love playing yeah. as her. Yeah, Natasha's, I think the only one that I really have, did not enjoy playing with as the main is Steve, because mm-hmm. I just don't like the way the controls work. And for some reason, I just have a really hard time doing his parkour. And like, there's a lot of shit that you have to parkour with him when he yeah. like is the lead and you have no choice, like when they, when it's like his section. So it's just like, fuck, I hate you. You're a geriatric bastard and I fucking hate you. I would completely have sex with you, but I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And I spend a lot of my time like screaming at him and being like, you geriatric piece of shit. Just learn how to parkour better. Mm -hmm. This is like the only thing that you offer. (laughs) You have no other skills. (laughs) You're you're really, really good at jumping. Um, But yeah, Natasha is fun to play. I like Natasha. I don't like to play Hulk all that much, but that's just because I also just don't care about the Hulk at all. Yeah, yeah, um, same. I, I didn't... Thor is fun to play. Um, a lot of people didn't like to play Iron Man because the controls for him are weird. I didn't have that same issue, but I can understand where people did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just... That's not my bias. I just didn't have the difficulty with him that other people seem to have. I did have some other difficulty with, like with like cap that I, you know, made him not fun to play for his specific missions. I didn't mind playing him in like other aspects where I didn't have to do the parkour shit, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, that was the only issue that I had really had with the gameplay and playing Kamala is hella fun. Like making her, like her in biggins and like swinging across things with her, like, like her Mr. Fantastic wobbly hands. Mm -hmm. Like, 
she like when you go first find the Hulk like oh by the way this is gonna be a fucking ton of spoilers for the game if you haven't played it but when you first go out to New Mexico and find the Hulk and like she's just like swinging around and like running around like that is some of the like top tier fun that I had playing that game just running around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like swinging from shit like Spider-Man levels of like just zero fucks yeah i i think that was uh an unfortunate point of comparison for me because uh between the spider-man game and miles morales uh i have beaten those two games uh five times so i'm very used to how that game controls and unfortunately Avengers doesn't quite stack up to that because there's not at all. No, <laughs> there's a a uh, a responsiveness in the Spider-Man games that isn't really there in Avengers, which is a bummer because it means that like when you want to swing to something, it's not going to do it like in Spider-Man. Like you got to. You right. got to be within the exact same like range that it wants you to be in to grab this ledge or swing on this tree, and that right. can kind of slow things down and make it a, a frustrating experience. Um, so right. when when if they actually do end up adding Spider Man to the uh, PlayStation version, like they teased uh which i don't i don't know how much they're actually gonna end up putting into this game uh compared to what they promised but it's gonna be a a pretty rough comparison at that point uh because you keeping it on playstation like all those people that are playing avengers on playstation a hundred percent played spider-man and my miles morales so you got to be as good as that and i don't know if they can do it yeah i'm hoping like as they start to add to it and like continue to build on it like i hope that they do and they stick with it and keep trying to make it a better game because it had a lot of potential to be a good game and i think the foundation was there Mm -hmm. i think the story was hella interesting Mm -hmm. and i think the stuff besides the glitchy gameplay was really good like are you kidding me the beginning of the game where you just run around and collect comic books and like randomly talk to different avengers that was so fun i would have played an entire game of just fucking that Mm -hmm. just running around avengers day Mm -hmm. that would have been the shit and like running into cab and natasha and talking about your fan fiction like that was like chef's kiss oh such a good opening (laughs) It was so good. And then, like, the the first, like, actual mission, the one that was, like, in the E3 demo and, like, the the trailer, that Mm kind of grinds it to a halt after such a fun uh, opening because, like, you're... It it basically looks at you and it's like, all right, now you're going to learn how to control five different characters most of whom you're not going to be able to play as for hours. And it's like, 
Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, I guess I'm into that. So like, there's there's these points of like inspired design where you're just like, yes, you guys nailed it. You did an awesome job with this. And then there's other points where it's like, this is so not what I want to be doing right now. Um, but I will say, uh, comparing it to Ultimate Alliance 3, which came out a couple of years ago on Switch, uh, Avengers is a much more satisfying game to play uh, because it actually makes you feel like these superheroes. Like you're, you're using your powers and you feel powerful when you do that. Uh, whereas in Ultimate Alliance 3, I hit a point where I was just apparently underleveled or I don't know, but just going through the story, I got stuck because I just wasn't powerful enough. And playing that game alone is a bit of a nightmare. Uh, yeah. And nothing makes me more annoyed than the fact that right after I unlock Elsa Bloodstone in that game, uh, I just get stuck and I can't progress anymore. And it's like, well, you can go back to the earlier missions. And I'm like, those missions weren't that fun to play uh, in the first place. I would like to yeah i would like to keep going and it's like nope you gotta grind and it's like i i, I guess i'm just done with this game okay. uh so that was a bummer because uh the ultimate alliance games ruled uh yeah they were they were so I much fun i still love ultimate alliance 2 and their like civil war stuff uh-huh and like i still i will never forget like ingrained in my brain is their like their take on civil war in that game where there is the moment after the explosion and it's on the news and tony is in his, and it's a cut scene and tony is in his penthouse watching the news and sees that happen on the news and the look on his face literally go is oh fuck uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And he, like, gets up and for some reason is wearing a gold chain and just fucking leaves. And he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. And you knew if that game wasn't geared to kids, there would have been a lot of cursing in that scene. So much. Because, so much. <laughs> because it was, like, more so than in the comic, you know, because you're watching it all happen at once. And definitely more so than in the movie where it's a completely different situation, mm-hmm. you find, you get that moment of him, like getting to see him react to everything he has been working on for months to protect his friends and other superheroes and the X-Men and everything just obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> just his months of fighting with the government and trying to like stop this thing from happening and then it's just all gone. Mm-hmm. And he is just hitting the moment of, oh, fuck. <laughs> God. It's, a, it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. And it's, the rest of the game was kind of, eh. 
you know, but it was that moment was worth every hour that I played that game. Yeah. And and like the the rest of that game, yeah, it's kinda eh. But like the team up move moves that you could do were yeah. super cool. And like you can't you can't be mad with a roster like that where where you can like it has penance in that game and it's like i don't want to play penance but it's pretty cool that penance is in a video game um that game was my first experience with a deadpool oh really and I actually really yeah because i didn't really read deadpool like anything that's x-men or x-men tangential i was kind of like eh, i don't understand it and i'm not gonna spend the time to try to figure it out mm-hmm. and um you know it was just it's just because X-Men, if you haven't been reading X-Men or got into X-Men young, like you, it's like, it's such a hard in. It's impenetrable. You know, it's really hard. It's impenetrable. It is a fortress. Mm-hmm. And I just, I do not have the bandwidth to try to figure out how to penetrate the X-Men. So it's hey. just. Phrasing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would figure out how to penetrate Emma Frost. Am I right? Or let her penetrate me. Yeah, that's but, that's um, the more likely scenario. Emma, Emma Frost is big on pegging. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so I didn't know anything about Deadpool. This was pretty prior to the movies coming out. Like he was just starting to become popular. And it was just starting to like kind of pick up that momentum of like, this guy's funny. We're going to make a movie about him. It's going to be great. And I was like, all right. And I, so I had no experience and just listening to it. When he would be forced to be on my team, he would just be there and be like fucking hilarious. And I was like, this is great. I kind of like this Deadpool guy. Oh, it's Rob Liefeld. I'm never reading it, mm-hmm. but he's fun to, li- he's fun to have around. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and I want to say in that game and, and I, might be conflating this with Ultimate Alliance 3, but I feel like it was Nolan North as Deadpool in that game. It was. Yeah. Yeah, because he was he was Deadpool for a really long time. He was in, in the games, he was in the movie, like the cartoon movies. He was yeah. um he was kind of the go to Deadpool for a minute there. Yeah. Um, I, he's he's solid. Uh I don't I don't know how I feel about him as Tony. Him being Tony? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. The only thing that throws me off with him as Tony is sometimes when he gets just the right amount of mad, he sounds like Superboy. And so I just get a little bit thrown off because he's been Superboy for so long. And that's so wired into my brain of him being Superboy from Young Justice Mm -hmm. that like, when he gets mad, like when he gets mad, or like specifically like the scene at his trailer where he's fighting with, he gets like he's yelling at Bruce. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, Superboy, calm down. <laughs> yeah, but and I mean, it's not the worst casting, and I was glad to have somebody just not doing an RDJ impression. Yeah, that I'll like take whoever I can get. It was. It's weird because I didn't bump up against the the Superboy comparison, but I am bumping up against the fact that it just sounds like Nathan Drake is in an Iron Man suit. Yeah, Nathan Drake too. Yeah, that's for sure. And like that, I did have that. That's kind of like the main mode of his 
performance in that game. And so yeah. it gets kind of weird and like I have a bit of a disconnect there. Whereas with Troy Baker playing uh, Hulk, he he's able to get to a level where I don't bump into that and I'm not like thinking of The Last of Us because Bruce Banner is a completely different character from Joel in Last of Us. Mm -hmm. So I don't have that like crossover even though his voice isn't that different in each performance uh but he is definitely playing bruce much more quiet and reserved and and i just appreciate that uh giving me that separation uh because yeah with i think with nolan it's weird Nothing against Nolan North. I think he's great. I just think that Troy Baker has a little bit more of a range. Well, you say that, but like Nolan North played the Penguin in uh, the Arkham games, and he's completely unrecognizable. So I know he yeah, can no, do I'm it. Just saying, I'm just saying comparatively, like if I were to compare like all of the things that Troy Baker does yeah. that I can think of that he sounds unrecognizable. Whereas I have less things that Nolan North has done where he sounds unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. Like I can point to one or two things, but like there are, I can, if I go to like Troy Baker's IMDb, there are going to be things that I look at and go, wait, that was Troy Baker? Uh Because he, he's a little bit better at differentiating himself, especially when they're not parts that require a voice, you know? Yeah. Like, you're playing the Joker or the Penguin, you might have, like, a voice that you're going to put on, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're playing a man, like a Joel from The Last of Us, or a Bruce Banner, or a Tony Stark, or a Nathan Drake, you know, there's there still seems to be a little bit of a differential on the Troy Baker end of things, and not as much on the Nolan North end of things. Yeah, yeah. And that's no if shade. That that's no shade to no, Nolan no North. Shade. He's, no he's shade. A... I think they're both very talented. Yeah. And I would be in a sandwich with the two of them. <laughs> they're handsome boys. They're both handsome boys. They're both very talented boys. They're both on Young Justice, so I can't be too mad about it. Mm-hmm. I'm never mad at anyone who plays Tony Stark as not an impression of Robert Downey Jr. So, so, so you know. I, I don't think we've ever had this conversation. How do you feel about uh, the guy from Heroes that is like the main Tony Stark voice voice actor for cartoons. Uh, he's the it was the he sounds like it's trying to be a Robert Downey Jr. impression, and and it's and I know that that's what his voice sounds like. Yeah, but that's that's why it's annoying to me because it's like you only cast Adrian Pazar because you wanted him to sound like Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. And you know there was this so the thing that I always go back to is the Lionsgate animated ones that have like. Um, that are arguably not great animation wise, but it was like back when they were trying prior to like Disney buying Marvel. Right and before. Trying yeah. To make, yeah. And they were trying to make kind of like, they were trying to establish animation in the way that DC had. And I mean, they made a pretty good effort. The Doctor Strange one, pretty solid. Like I, I will watch that Doctor Strange movie over and over and over again. I fucking love that movie. Is it the best piece of animation I've ever seen? No, but do I want to fuck Doctor Strange? 100%. (laughs) 
you know uh, like, and it is it's it's also a really good like in it's also a really good origin story that changes it just enough mm-hmm. so that if you don't if you haven't read 30 years of doctor strange comics it's a good entry you know yeah. it's not it's not all heady it's not all magic it's a good way of just saying he was a dick he went and learned magic he's still kind of a dick but he's trying yeah <laughs> you know? Uh, the one like, the one that I remember the most is uh, Young Avengers, and I didn't love that. You mean that, uh, Next Avengers? Next Avengers, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yes, where they had the kids of the Ultimate Avengers. Yeah. And somehow dead Hank Pym had a baby. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. uh, Captain America the had Passion a baby. Steve. Yeah, Captain America and Black Widow yep. had a baby. What? <laughs> yep. Well, so if you'd watched, and that was what was weird about that one. I hated that movie. I'm not, I did like the little Pim kid though, because he was more jam than him. Uh-huh. But, um, and the little Black Panther kid was cute too. And I liked the Thor girl. She was cute. Yeah. But like, the thing is, so those Ultimate Avengers movies and then the Iron Man movie, which the Iron Man movie is fucking garbage. Yeah. It's terrible. But I will say the voice actor that they had for those like sequence of movies get like gives me lady like a lady book. <laughs> Everything is about sex today. Can you tell that I'm like on my period? Because I absolutely am. Oh my goodness. Um, but it is it is the sexiest, like smoothest, sultry, like deep, like I am a sexy billionaire and then I'm going to put on a robot voice over this sexy billionaire voice. And it's just like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want him to sound like he's trying to talk my clothes off. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you're going to sell me this character, especially in the ultimate universe where he's extensively more the playboy than he is in 616. And that's more where that reputation came from. Like if you're going to sell me that guy, I want him to sound like his voice could just get me to drop my pants. Yeah. And that's what he does. Like he has this very like, and if that voice had continued on, I think the uh, voice actor was Mark Warden. Okay. If they had continued on with him through anything, any other media, I would have loved the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he just, if there's nothing else right about anything, it's that he just fucking nailed those that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those those movies were anyway. uh, an admirable admirable attempt, but compared to what DC was doing with their animated movies at the time, it's like, oh, you you guys just aren't even close. You're you're yeah. really swinging hard, but yeah, you you're just. Because it looked like uh, the animation looked so old. Uh, like it, yeah, it reminded me of Saturday morning cartoons. It definitely looked dated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ugh, woof. What a what a rough time. But it was <laughs> it was right before because uh, I, I think those started like right after Iron Man and Hulk came out. So it was. Right in that. Yeah, it was like early two thousand. Mm-hmm. It was early two thousands. So it was definitely just before. It was either just before or on the heels of Iron Man coming and Hulk coming. Yeah. Out. Um, and I remember just being incredibly bummed that like 
they didn't get to explore more with Mm. them because I feel like if they'd gotten some legs behind them or even if they'd gotten Disney behind them to like be able to make like really good animated movies like that's what I want from Marvel I want some really good animated features like I don't like I hope that these shows the animated shows that they're bringing to us are the start of that but like I would really like some good animated features that kind of hit us in places that we didn't get to go in the MCU proper. Yeah. I, I think I um, think as far as the animated projects are set up, I think there's only gonna be what if and Modoc now. Uh, I think Speaking of Modoc, did you hear about some of the casting for that? The the that came out this yes, week? Yes, yes. John Hamm, I am fucking gonna uh-huh. die. Like, just recast John Hamm as Tony Stark. I do not give a yeah. shit. Like, arguably, he would be a way better Bruce Wayne, but I'm not gonna be picky about it because it's gonna be a completely different style, and I'm so here he for it. He would be perfect for, like, exactly the type of Iron Man you were talking about. Like, the guy who, right. who can talk you out of your pants. Like, it, totally perfect right. for that. Um. But I also could see him because he's really comedic. He's really good with his comic timing yeah. too. Like whenever he does stuff that like isn't Mad Men, and he like gets to be funny and like like when he was on Kimmy Schmidt, like he was funny as hell. And like uh, his comedy stuff, Thirty Rock is also really funny. like he's he, he's hilarious. Rock. On yeah, 30 he was Rock. hilarious on Thirty Rock, and I think that he would do a really good job of kind of like you know what I would love for him to do as Tony. I want him to do fractions run. Yeah. Because he would be really good at that, like self-deprecating, like I'm trying to make a joke to stop myself from crying because I am in hell right Mm -hmm. now. Like he would have a great fucking time. Yeah. And I think that that would be such a great run. Like, even if you didn't do all of the like secret, like fallout from secret wars or whatever, if you picked it up at like the resilient arc and forward, Uh Like, that would be totally fine. Like, you don't have to deal with the brain delete shit. Like, you can just, you know, blame the snap or whatever you want to do. You know? Where he's an alternate universe that comes out of the multiverse of madness or whatever. Anything. That would be fucking baller. Anything is possible. Literally. Put him in the the supposed alternate universe Illuminati. Oh my god. <laughs> I still I still can't believe that that is a possibility. Uh it's uh, and and that's what I have to like remind myself of and I have been especially recently with uh WandaVision and Fucky and Bucky uh where I just think back to where we were with Iron Man and how even that was like I can't believe we're getting an Iron Man movie and like you said said that then and you're like yeah no that's that's absolutely crazy now it's like of course you got an Iron Man movie he's the most fucking popular character like but at that time the yeah he was a C-list <laughs> the the characters that Marvel could actually make movies of were the characters that nobody wanted. That's why they had the rights to them. And they they right. did such an incredible job 
that they outpaced they outpaced Iron Man or uh, X Men, and they fucking they put Spider Man through two different reboots uh, in their in their span yep. to the point where they had to actually just bring him in. So like the characters that got sold off completely got passed by, like Fantastic Four, who mm-hmm. Daredevil, who you know it's 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 just wild to think about where we're at now um and i'm really really annoyed about dc canceling new gods um listen i can't even i can't even i'm so upset about it i'm so annoyed because like the three weeks ago maybe like maybe a month ago they put out a massive Marvel style timeline poster of all the projects that we have coming. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't, 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 no, you don't. Like, I don't believe a single goddamn thing that they're saying is coming until I see a trailer. And the reason that I'm so worked right. up about this is because. Batgirl was on that fucking poster and and they're like yes we're making a Batgirl movie and it's like I don't yeah remember my Nightwing uh-huh. movie exactly and like the, they're like we're making a Zatanna movie and it's got the lady who uh, directed uh, Promising Young Woman get ready for it and it's like I don't believe you I just do right. not believe you like the, the James Gunn Suicide Squad thing right, I was like yeah, yeah. That's, that'll probably happen. Uh, well, it's already made, and it's there's a trailer, yeah, no. So. I mean, like when they announced it, I was like, yeah, that oh, yeah, that'll yeah. that will probably happen because yeah, we'll make a second Suicide Squad movie before any of these other fucking characters. You know, the characters that make the Suicide Squad make sense and like have yeah. a reason to exist we'll do those later and it's like okay fine (laughs) sure you guys uh you guys have no idea what's going on like justified by the fact that like the other movie that was canceled the same day as new gods was the trench was the trench and it's like i watched aquaman i don't know how you would make a movie about the fucking trench like Oh god, that was just a bad idea to start off with. But New Gods rules. It's, um, it, yeah, it's a little bittersweet for me because it's like on the one hand, I'm really pissed because I thought like this would be a really great time to like showcase a lot of these characters mm. that don't get the love that they should get. So getting Mr. Miracle, especially when he's riding off of that really great Tom King mm-hmm. run, and then getting Barda and getting the Furies. Like that was really great. You kidding me? Yep. Oh. But then, you know, the other part of me is kind of like, there were those specific fans. Uh huh. And I think you know exactly which ones I'm talking Uh about that were harassing Ava Uh constantly about this is how you need to make Dark Side. And so it was like, I just do not understand. But then their argument for why they canceled it is because, well, now they've already introduced Darkseid and the Snyder. But it's not canon! And they can't have... 
but wait, they can't have two dark sides. Well, one, <laughs> Snyder Cut isn't canon, and also, there are going to be three fucking Batmans this movie. Oh my god, I... There's gonna be this year. There's gonna be three fucking Batman's on the screen at the same time. You have Batfleck, you have Battenson, and then you have Michael Keaton and whatever the fuck's going on there. And you're gonna fucking tell me that you can't have two dark sides? I just turned into a teapot. Like I am so mad. <laughs> uh, you have how many versions of you have two versions of the Flash right now? A TV version of Flash and. I'm going to say this, and you're not going to believe it's going to come from my mouth, but an arguably lesser version from the movies. Yes, absolutely. And I have never watched an episode of The Flash. I hate any. I hate 90% of the cast that comes from Glee, but I will say that I do not like Ezra Miller outside of him abusing women. I also just don't like him as Barry. Yeah. Like he just isn't he's Barry. Horrible as Barry. Not, he's horrible. And I have since watched the Snyder Cut, so like it isn't just based off of Whedon. It's like this is he is. There was plenty. There was plenty in that movie. Enjoyable. That that was just like oh no, th- you're just bad in both versions. Even taking out the fact that I do not care about Barry Allen as a character, uh-huh. he is. Sig- I would watch every episode of The Flash, the TV show The Flash, right now if I never had to see fucking Ezra Miller uh-huh. again. Yeah. Because I just, he is the least enjoyable part of a movie that I just did not enjoy. <laughs> and like the weird thing that I came away with was uh i was like oh you wish you cast jay baruchel but you didn't so so you're just kind of trying to make ezra miller be jay baruchel and it's not working because i think jay baruchel would be able to pull off that version of barry that they were going for in a way that would be less grating uh, and and like yeah. a little more charming, but there's something so off-putting about Ezra Miller and his. Yeah. his and it just that scene also doesn't feel anything like Barry yeah, Allen as a character. Not at all. And it's like what you're telling me is that the way that you've introduced Barry Allen into the Snyderverse is that you want you wanted Robin. And you wanted Wally uh-huh. West. But for some, I'm assuming that Warner Brothers would not let you have Robin or Wally West. Or you have decided to kill off all the Robins. I'm not really, I'm still not sure what's going on in that Robin situation. None of it was made I, it I read about it and you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's. No, I know that they killed Dick. I just, listen, it still is not clear though. Like if, the fact that I have to read an addendum to a four-hour movie to understand what's going on in that situation yeah. is also a bad... That's bad storytelling. Uh-huh. Like, that's just a bad... It's the same thing that we said about Endgame and Infinity War when after the movies came out, we had to have 35 think pieces from the, from the Russo brothers about what everything fucking uh-huh. meant. 
if it's not clear when I watch the movie, it's a bad yeah. movie. I think that's why that guy and set like, the record for watching it so many times in a theater because he was just like, I gotta figure this out. <laughs> I gotta understand what the fuck happened. And it's just... And he, right, and it's just like, there's a point though where it's just like, I... I shouldn't... First of all, should we just go into the Snyder... Let's get into now? it. <laughs> Snyderverse uh, spoilers on. Okay, so we're going into Snyderverse spoilers. Listen, I saw the original movie and I didn't I didn't yeah. hate it. I knew where the Whedon problems mm. were and but overall like it was a it was it's kind of what I expected it to be. You know, it wasn't I don't love a Zack Snyder movie. I've been very clear that Zack Snyder is not my jam. I can't think of a Zack Snyder movie where I've done cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Um But, you know, like, I wanted to see Justice League because I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I just think he had bad writing. And I like Henry Cavill and I like Gal Gadot and I like, you know, Ray Fisher. And, you know, Jason Momoa is still a weird choice to me, but, like, fine. He gets off on his charisma. Like, I enjoy Jason Momoa as a person. Is he the best Aquaman? I don't fucking care. I don't care about Aquaman. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I could give two shits about Aquaman. Like, go eat a fish. I don't know. I genuinely cannot believe that somebody said, you know what? Go ahead and make the four-hour version of what you wanted to make. And no one thought to edit this. Because I have watched all four hours of it, and I can I can tell you, I know less about the movie than I did the first time. There are so many subplots that I, at one point, I was just like, I don't even know what I'm watching yeah. anymore. And I gave up. <laughs> I kept watching. I left it on, but I stopped paying attention. Because it's like, there was enough that changed that it wasn't the movie that I saw before. So I could, you know, engage a little bit. But also it was like there was so much extra going on that I like I couldn't keep up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need all of this extra shit. You know, you're trying to tell four stories in one movie. And I can't I just don't have the the attention span for a movie that I'm already not invested in. Yeah, and and I when I started it up because i was i was honestly kind of excited because i was just like fascinated by the the fact that it even existed uh because i'm sure you can go back to an early episode that we did where i said snyder cut never happened like just just fucking give up on that and so when it actually ended up being a thing, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to see what you can do with nobody telling you no. I want to, I want to see what monstrosity comes out of that. And so the whole time I was just watching like, both interested in what was going on and also really trying hard to remember what happened in the original one. And I realized I don't remember 
like any of the original movie at all. Uh, and I ended up enjoying Snyder Cut more uh, because I felt like the characterization for most of the characters was more on point, not even just from the theatrical cut, but also from Batman versus Superman. Uh, I felt I felt like yeah. Bruce was like much much better, and I was like, "You do understand Batman, damn!" Like you don't understand yeah, the I stuff would... around Batman, but you understand him at least. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I feel like the characterization was largely better on most of the characters. I think um, I was glad to get rid of that, you know, those weird Bruce Diana scenes where he was just uh-huh, being a dick uh-huh, to be a uh-huh. dick. Because those always, those felt wrong to me. And it was like, he's a dick, but he's not going to be that much of a dick, you know, especially when he's like the king of not letting yeah. go. Yeah, and also like she's she's nine thousand years old, dude. Like, <laughs> right? Like, fuck off, man. Like, she had one love in nine thousand years. You're a fifty year old man who can't get over your dead parents. Like, you're really yeah. one to talk. Yeah. And I thought I don't know. I enjoyed Alfred yes. more. Like, I the the tea thing was fucking yeah. hilarious. Oh my god! See, that's that's oh that's where god. I was okay with somebody like trying to talk down to diana because number one she wasn't letting it fucking slide and number two right well and he wasn't he wasn't trying to talk down to her he's just he felt uncomfortable in a situation where he was useless and wasn't Uh doing his job you know like alfred is a caretaker and from he's been raising bruce and still arguably is raising bruce because he's a man child like he's been taking care of this man child for his for you know 50 years and like he having a moment where there's somebody Uh who's capable just he's not used to it it had nothing to do with her being a woman and everything to do with the fact that he's never medicated exactly in the last 50 years (laughs) so like i didn't i didn't bounce up against that uh the way that I did with Bruce being like, we have to be better people. And it's like, yeah, dude, she knows. <laughs> she fucking knows. Right. She uh, knows. That's her whole reason yeah. for being here, man. Did you not see her origin movie? Um, her, her scene in the, uh, uh, I don't know what, you know, building when she's saving those kids. Love that scene. I thought that, mm-hmm. like, the in the original, it was an okay scene, but, like, in the Snyder Cut, I'm like, hell yes. Love everything about this. And one thing that I really loved about the Snyder Cut, because it's something that I don't think we see nearly enough of in any superhero movies, is superheroes checking on normal people to see if they're okay. <laughs> um because you had Di- you had Diana yeah. do it after she takes care of the uh, terrorists, where she's like helping it people up mm-hmm. and just being like, "Okay, are you okay? Does anybody hurt?" Like that was great. And then Bruce does it 
uh, later on too, where he's like, okay, are, are you okay? Okay, great. Get, get over there. Uh, you should be safe. And it's like, it was so refreshing that I was just like, oh, superheroes actually interacting with normal people and making sure they're okay? You mean you can do that? Uh, I loved that part. Um, and I, yeah. yeah. I think individually there were parts that I liked. Like, yes. I'm not going to say yes. I hated the movie. There are chunks, there are pieces of it that I liked. But there was a lot of it that I was just like, why is this here? Like, the nightmare thing, like, just let go oh, of the yeah. nightmare, the, uh, okay? You can, you can like... stop, uh, and like we said, there's spoilers. You can stop that movie when uh, Martian Manhunter... Uh, no, the Martian Manhunter takes place after the epilogue. Yeah, skip after the nightmare, the just go to Martian Manhunter, and then you're on to credits. Like, yeah, the minute you get into the deserty scene, just fast forward until Bruce. And like, up. I was so annoyed about the epilogue because the way that it starts is it starts with you know, like Lex Luthor in Arkham, and then it goes to Lex Luthor in fucking on his boat talking to Deathstroke. And then it hard cuts into the nightmare with Deathstroke there, but he looks different. Right, with no explanation. No ex- like, I was just like, right. what the fuck is going on? Uh, hated that part. Hated that. Hated Jared Leto. Yeah. Oh my fucking God, hated Jared Leto. That wheezy fucking am, laugh listen, is miserable. Listen. Listen. There is nothing that I hate more than what Zack Snyder did to me with that fucking nightmare. I'm sitting here trying to get through this movie. I'm already irritated that the epilogue is an additional 20 fucking minutes after the movie is over. I'm sitting here trying to do my job and I'm watching it in between work things. And all of a sudden, this motherfucking clown says, get implies that he has given sexual favors Give to you a Batman. reach around. And I kid you not, I going I wanted to reach through the screen mm-hmm. and murder. I there was nothing about that no. that was funny. There was nothing about that that no. was necessary. It was just it made zero sense in the context of what was happening in the scene. You went from like talking about dead Robins and dead Harley Quinn to like the Joker making a pass at Batman. Like, I do not understand how you made a movie that was not where Joss Whedon was not involved and somehow that made the cut. And like, it makes me think like, was that Jared Leto like improving? And Zach was just like, oh man, that's so. That's so fucking good. Oh, you're a genius, man. You're, you're man. That's why you're the best. That's why you're the champ. Listen, prior to watching this, I had listened to Matt and Lex on their on their podcast talking about the Snyderverse cut, and I was. He made a comment about the reach around comment, and I thought he was kidding. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was. And then I saw it, and I literally texted him in all caps. I thought you were joking about the reach around. 
I thought it was like a euphemism or it was some reference to something no. more veiled. No, it was straight up verbatim the line. I I discuss I felt dirty. I like wanted yeah. to take a shower. Like it would be like it would be like the and Joker then, making a rusty trombone joke to the to Batman. Like it like no. Right. <laughs> don't don't do that. It's bad. And and then when you add in the fact that like Oh, Joker didn't really say that, but Batman dreamed it, so you know he wants it. it. Which, which was the most unrealistic part of the movie that that you believe Bruce Wayne has ever slept in his bed, or that he has a vivid imagination when he's asleep. Like, no, no, I think it's just kind of black. Um, yeah, I don't think. I think Bruce has two. Well, to be fair, it sure. was a nightmare. So, you know, Bruce's two speeds are dreamless sleep or horrific nightmares where the Joker yeah. makes a pass at you. Like, those are kind of like valid. That's valid. But I just, the art, the assumption that Bruce has slept in his bed at any point in the last 35 years yeah. is wrong. Batman maybe falls asleep in his he, chair in the cave. He uh, has an inversion table that he sleeps on just <laughs> upside down um the and and yes. the funny thing is as horrible as the reach around comment is like much has been made of batman saying the f word but the way that they used it i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> I had no issue with Batman using the F word. I don't, I've never, listen, I've read Batman comics for a really long time, and I don't think that there has ever been a place where I didn't think that Bruce Wayne had, has a uh-huh. to just go fuck this. You know, like, I think there's nothing wrong with Batman using the F word. If you're mad about Batman using the F word, you're not, yeah. you haven't read Batman. Because there's no way that Batman has, yeah. does not curse. I'm sorry. It just, it is. It was less jarring to me than like the fuck Batman from the. So trailer. much less jarring. Because, but again, from Dick Grayson dressed as Robin, it is less. You are less likely to hear a fuck. You are less likely to expect a fuck mm-hmm. coming out of his mouth, unless it's a funny like I'm a little kid, like he's eight year old Robin who's like I learned this word at yeah, school today. Yeah. <laughs> Or I overheard you saying it in the cave, and now I went to Gotham Academy, and I ran around and said, fuck, 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 fuck. I learned it from you, Dad. (laughs) I learned it from you, Dad. You know, I didn't... It's because of... Even though there has been periods of time where Dick has definitely had the mindset of fuck Batman, it's less expected from Dick Grayson as a character. Jason Todd, 100%. I could see him being like, fuck, 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 all day long. And everybody being like, God damn it. But like, whether he's Robin, whether he's Red Hood, whether he's, you know, Tentacle Todd, you know, whatever, whatever flavor. But like, so that was more jarring to me. But 
Batman saying fuck, especially in a situation where he's talking to and, the Joker. It's not like yeah, no, it was, was once, fuck. and it and he was saying, and believe me, I will fucking kill you. Will and fucking like, kill you. And in that moment, in that scenario, we are to believe this is Batman on the at like the last yeah. shreds of his rope, and he's just and. You know, the Joker has just taunted him, made a pass at him, and taunted him about his dead son. So, like, and they'd already talked about Harley Quinn dying in Batman's arms. So, like, you know, I think yeah. the fuck is valid. Yeah, I, I thought that part was, like, good. Because especially right after the reach-around part, it was it was just like, no, I want you to murder him. I I'm not I'm not a fan of Batman killing anyone, but I want I want it. I would like to see it, please. Uh, I want to see you kill him. Uh, one of the other yeah. positives uh, of the Snyder Cut for me, uh, which everybody said, but Cyborg, holy shit! Yes, Cyborg got a much better story. He got a much better experience through that movie. We didn't have that weird, vaguely racist Barry uh-huh. Allen situation. Uh, the whole thing yeah, was, was I, like, Cyborg, Joss, how yeah. did you cut out the movie from the movie? Because, like... I mean, I don't know how much... I mean, as much as Joss Whedon's a fucking sack of garbage... I I don't think that it was all Joss Whedon that made those cuts. Like it was very like Ray Fisher has been very clear. It was not Joss didn't yeah. work alone. Um, Jeff Johns was definitely involved oh, in that too. Jeff is such a wonderful guy. Uh, yeah, I hear. Uh, you know, well, just just in case he. he Ray allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher has said that Jeff Johns was just as abusive, if, abusive, if not more abusive. I'm not than fucking Jeff surprised, Eden. like in the least. Uh, Jeff Johns kind of always seemed like an asshole to me, and the fact that one of his like main collaborators for years is pretty pretty much an open Nazi. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck Jeff Johns. I hate that guy. Um, but yeah. uh, the, the cyborg stuff, um, totally loved it. And uh, I thought that it was really interesting to like see how they did it compared to Doom Patrol. Uh, and like what lines up, what yeah what was different uh both equally valid both equally well done uh i personally like the doom patrol cyborg morgue also another but but also another example of them both getting to coexist uh in their uh own space without it being a fucking drama two cyborgs we have room for for two cyborgs we have room for two flashes yeah yeah, the, the whole, oh, we can't have two of this thing uh, argument kind of went out the window when, like, you said that 
Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck were going to be Batman. So like, <laughs> and Michael and Keaton, Michael Keaton, which is still like the the jury's still out on if that's actually going to happen. Uh, I guess he hasn't signed a contract yet because of he's worried about covid and travel and things like that which totally understandable which is valid he's yeah like, a like i get it so <laughs> take care of yourself mr mr yeah. keaton please please don't let covid take michael keaton please. from us we do not deserve yeah, that we've been really enough. and so if that means he's not batman again I can, i'm okay with that because i would rather preserve michael P- michael keaton than yeah, have i can him lose be that it, it's it's okay right Besides, he's probably going to come back at some point as yeah. the vulture. So, and like being a that's they didn't because they didn't kill him. Nope. And and like they actually set it up in a way where like vulture could be kind of a good guy. Listen, if they don't finish, if they don't involve the Sinister Six at some point, uh-huh. I will lose my fucking mind. If they set it up. If they set it up I for mean, the I'm... fucking second time and they don't follow through again. Right. Oh. Right. Listen, and I'm totally fine with the fact that we've had two Spider-Man movies coming on three Spider-Man movies and no options. Totally cool. I'm fine with that. I can, I can accept that. Because as much as I love Norman and as much as I love Harry... I'm fine with it because they're not the end all be all of Spider-Man mm-hmm. villains and friends. They've introduced new friends, even if they right. stole them from Miles. I just well, Ned is a real character. It's just they gave they kind of they made him, him ganky. Sort of they made like him Miles ganky. His friends. Yeah. They made him ganky. But the point is, is that you know, there's a lot of potential there for other things because Ned has his own story and like, you know, Liz Allen has her story and like there's uh-huh. plenty of potential uh-huh. for shit. I just, you know, we haven't even got to Gwen yet, so I s- she might be safe. I think I, I, I kind of feel like they're going to multiverse her. I feel like we're just going to jump straight to Spider-Gwen in the MCU. And that yep. would be totally fine. Yep. That would be totally fine. Don't need, don't need you'd like to be watching another Gwen Stacy die. Uh, don't need it. I've d- it never has to happen Oof. again, okay? It doesn't need Oof. to happen. Yeah, I feel like... But I feel like Amazing Spider-Man 2 was, like, enough. I hate that so much. We have that one live-action version that we have. Oh, God, I never want to see it again. Especially because they completely misunderstood, like, what kills her in the comics. And they were like, no, we need to make it brutal. And, oh, God. Uh, listen, Listen, I know that I give you a lot of like I like to tease you about it because it makes you all upset 
but like I sat through that movie and I visibly was I was like physically uncomfortable with how Uh they did that in that movie I was sitting in the movie theater with Chris and we get to that point and we kind of knew it was coming and we kind of spent the whole movie going is this where Gwen's gonna die is this where Gwen's gonna die Gwen's gonna die Gwen's gonna die here and then when it finally happened the two of us both went oh god like there was we were prepared for it to happen we were not prepared for it's it to so be that gruesome aggressive. because it's not that aggressive in the it's not yeah. that aggressive in the comics like it is he is fully sure that when she comes back up when he like another day her, saved like another day saved and like there is no way that she was no. surviving that and it's also like it 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 stops mm-hmm. it from being a situation where despite his but despite his best efforts he still wasn't able to save this person and it was also possibly caused by what he was doing to save her and then in the movie it's like no you were just too slow you 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 were too slow and your web that looks like a fucking hand couldn't grab her in time and her skull bashed into concrete cracked on the and ground so which is also just dumb because it's like that is the whole mm-hmm. point of her death is that it's supposed to be that situate that argument of was this me or was was it my saving her or what attempt to save her yeah. or was it the fall that killed her and that's the thing that he wrestles with and why it's an important part of his story, even though she's bridged. He... Because it isn't just to be man pain. It isn't just to kill yeah. his girlfriend to make him sad. It's a moment where he has to come to terms with the power that he it, has. It, it, it feeds and into not... the entire like through line of every Spider-Man story with great power comes great responsibility. He has right. these powers to save people, right. but like using those powers might also hurt somebody. And, hurt and people. like, that's, that's where right. the dichotomy comes in where it's like, how do you balance that? How do you ensure that you are keeping people safe uh, and, and that you don't inadvertently lead to their death? And that is completely lost in the movie. Completely lost. And so, yeah, I'm I'm fucking putting the kibosh on it. Like, you guys don't get to tell that story again. You don't. You get to skip right Right. to Spider-Gwen, where she's a hero. And you just, you move on. You move on. If anybody wants to read the CBR article about like did you know Gwen Stacy actually died 50 years ago and I was like oh okay that's that's interesting like other than that we have moved on as a society past the need for Gwen Stacy to be dead no more we're done and that's that's what I got to say about that um what you want to talk about Fucky and Bucky? All right. Yeah, Are we ready yeah, for Fucky yeah, and Bucky? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, want to talk yeah. about Fucky and Bucky. I need to talk about I need to talk about how much first of all, I'm going to say 
that I am really appreciating that we're giving them personalities and they're moving beyond Mm -hmm. Cap's friends. And it's really nice to also have a nuanced conversation about how things are, how different things are for Bucky than they are for Sam. And in in the context of race and how their lives are affected by the blip and how their lives were affected by Steve. Um, I'm really happy that we're actually talking about Mm -hmm. Isaiah and Eli. And I loved every fucking minute of this new episode with fucking setting up the Thunderbolts. And I love that we're actually giving Zemo like a fucking, like being fucking Zemo. Like that fucking scene where they show up at the plane and he's like, so you've been rich this whole time? And he's like, yeah, I'm a baron. I was royalty until you friends destroyed my country. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm a baron. (laughs) I, I am so in love with this show. It's not even funny. It's so good. Like the whole scene at the opening uh-huh. with the breakout where Bucky's just casually talking about what, it. And I didn't Sam's do anything. Like, what did you do? <laughs> and then it's almost, it's almost so. I have seen so many times today the like the Real Housewives yelling at the cat meme, but it's Bucky and uh-huh. Sam yelling uh-huh. at Zima. Oh, it's so cat. good. It's so good because, like, you know, I have like a weird soft spot for Zemo, that dumb fucking sock head. I love Zemo, <laughs> and, and like the fact that Daniel yeah. Bruhl, like, who did a good job in Civil War with what he was given, but he just wasn't given. Yeah, he just wasn't given the but, right like, material. In in this show, as soon as I. As soon as they showed him in the trailer putting on the mask, I was like, oh my god, we're actually getting Baron Zemo. When he's like, when he's like getting his shit and he stops and he like looks at the mask and he like pets it for a second and then shoves it in his yes. bag, I was like, oh yeah. Yes. Here it comes. Oh my god, I was, <laughs> I was pumping my fist in the air so often through that episode. It was insane. Because it was just nailing every shit, like everything I love about like Captain America comics and like Marvel comics in general. Uh, the breakout scene, fucking awesome! It's so cool that like Bucky walked in there and had already made this plan and already went through with it. And Sam's like, "What? What? What did you do?" And that is such a fun callback because if you remember last episode where Bucky's like, what's the plan, Sam? Sam's like, there is no plan. Right. And he's like, and it's like, no if you give Bucky a plan, like he will get that shit done perfectly. He will execute. He can use those. It's a perfect use of the skills he was for- <laughs> that were forced upon him yes. by the Winter Soldier program. Yes. Oh my god, it was so fucking good. And I I love that they went 
Sharon. Sharon they like up? they took one episode and they made Sharon fucking rad. So they made Sharon ten times more interesting than she was in the two por- parts of movies that she I... was in previously. They gave so much shit. They gave so much oh my God. Camp to chew on in like not even yeah. not even the full episode. Half like, of the episode. Making her an underground art dealer, like because she has to do something to survive, is such right. a cool take. Like such a good idea. And the fact that it's in Madripoor, which I never expected to see show up in, right. in, in this. Madripoor. Madripoor? Fucking Madripoor is in a, in a marble. Oh. Oh, the minute they said it, I was like, the minute they said Madripoor, I was like, are they going to go to Madripoor? Are they get-? And then I made that meme so I could send it to uh-huh. the New York Madripoor. Uh-huh. Like saying Madripoor? I like could not. I was uh, like, and. I, I just want Marvel. Marvel, if you're listening, I will take six episodes of just Sharon Carter beating the fuck out of dudes with a pipe. If you can give me that, just just six me episodes too. of just that. Because, oh my fucking God, that fight scene. Whenever it would cut out, cut to her outside fighting those dudes. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. And I also, I just loved the end of it, too, where that last guy standing kind of, like, takes a deep breath and comes around the yes! corner and she just takes oh. him out. Oh, my God. And, like, I uh, I don't, I don't want is... to, like, be shitty, but, like, I need to say this. They made Sharon Carter a better Black Widow than Scarlett Johansson has been for 15 years that's not shitty that's just a thousand like that's what black widow's supposed to be you're like that's why you're supposed to understand why she's with the avengers because she beats the fuck out of dudes like that and like black widow has never done that like she does a fucking flying head scissors to a dude and you're supposed to be like that's why she's with thor yeah (laughs) it's like no (laughs) right I I still don't like she has guns okay but like Sharon had a pipe and beat the fuck out of 20 dudes right (laughs) it's not it's not comparable no oh my god she rules I'm so excited I'm so happy with what they did with her uh I yes I'm like I was so worried that this show was just going to be a bunch of action and one-liners, and it is not that at all, and I'm so, so satisfied. Like, Uh this is exactly what I needed, because I was getting really bummed out towards the end of WandaVision because of how much I hated how it ended, and I was like, I was like, I need something good out of these shows, because like, until John Hamm, I was like, I'm not watching MODOK. And then I also was like, I'm never going to watch one minute, second of Loki. And I'm already out on Hawkeye because I like just don't care about Jerry, Jeremy Renner. Like if somebody just gives me a Kate supercut yeah. that's just Kate, then I'll watch it. But like, so I was starting to get a little bummed out because I'm like, I've got nothing to look forward to like until Christmas. And when Spider-Man comes out and I really am only going right. to see it because I want to know if Matt's there. 
But like, I am a thousand percent like Fucky and Bucky is just hitting me in all the right places. Like, I'm having such a great time because it does such. It's doing such a good job of like balancing like the shit and like their action stuff and like that. The way that they played that, uh-huh. that therapy scene in the trailer to set it up as being something that was going to be funny and ha-ha joke the whole time. And then it actually turned into being a really meaningful moment for both of them. And like Sam really getting to like put it on the line of like, this means something completely different to me than it does for you. And you have to think about why that might be. But then also Buffy being entirely vulnerable in that space of saying, like, if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong that about me. That fucking line. fucking me up. Like, oh, they both got space. Right. If he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And, like, that fucking, I, that was when I was, like, I did not expect to be soft for, for fucking Bucky Barnes. Yeah. And I would like my money yeah. back, please. Not that I hate Bucky Barnes. I love Bucky. I love Bucky in the comics. I don't dislike him in the MCU, despite conversations to the contrary. I just did not yeah. like that they had him kill yeah. Tony's parents. That bummed me out. Um, but I like, listen, I just, that moment was really meaningful because they both got to be, they both got to have feelings on the subject and they were both allowed to feel that way. They weren't trying to one-up each other's pain. And there wasn't any sense of Sam's feelings are more important or Bucky's feelings are more important. It was very much, you are coming at this from completely different perspectives in life and you both have to Mm -hmm. figure out how to understand the other one. Yeah. Or it's not. And Sam getting to have that full moment of like, I cannot Uh take on your baggage. I need to, we'll do this. We're co-workers. That's it. I'm good. Thanks for the therapy. And he leaves. Like that is such a like good like he doesn't yeah. need your white man pain. Yeah. But also you need to you need to be able to deal with why he feels the way that he feels about something. Oh my gosh. And I just I I can't yeah. get over it because like I, also, I as somebody who has been more in the Captain America realm of things uh than like most superheroes uh this is just completely nailing everything i love about those stories where it is getting into the political intrigue and it's talking about like the societal implications that these characters are going through and it's not shying away from that and like that cop scene and it's it's fucking so real and like it was it was a moment that i didn't think the mcu would ever do and like actually address but like they like the fact that they actually are and they're using falcon and winter soldier which has such a a history of like both of those characters being involved in big stories about like the changes in society that are actually happening in real life. Well, and even with with so much of how how Sam has changed, not in, just in the MCU version, but in the his, his history in comics, where he started out and like 
not a great representation yeah. of black men in America and how the MCU has kind of turned him into a better representation of black men in America. And over time in 616, he's evolved to being a, a better ver- a better character and not kind of yeah. a black exploitation character. But like the fact that they're giving him that space uh, is really, it's really nice. It's like, it's nice to see that they're not going to just ignore in a way, in the way that the MCU at large has, they're not going to just ignore that like he's a black man and everything that happens to him is going to be vastly different than all of these other white men. And I think that's why it was so important for Rhodey to show up in the first episode to talk to him. Uh, yes. Because, like, yes. What a what, what a joy! What given. a joy! And like that's important because you have their history individually as soldiers, but you also have their history as black men in America and how that affects them. And and both of both of them having to deal with the implications. Of, or the the implications and the consequences of being black Avengers that were sidekicks uh-huh. to a white idiot. Uh-huh. <laughs> both of them had yeah. to deal with their and idiot white both friends. Both of their idiot white <laughs> friends are dead now. And now what do you do with that? Yep. And, you know, and that was also kind of a nice moment of them getting to kind of mourn together, too, because they were both brought into this by someone else who's no longer alive. And so, like, they're part of this whole situation and they're into that situation Mm -hmm. has died. And, you know, Steve, arguably way less cooler. But, like, and you know, kind of implied that the last time they saw each uh-huh. other was at Tony's funeral. I can't think of when when else they would have so, run into each other after that. I mean, unless there was a funeral for Cap, I'm assuming there was. Which is which is an know, interesting thing because I, I saw somebody bring this up and I hadn't thought about it, but like they haven't actually said that Cap is dead, dead, and. They just yeah, keep talking and, about him in and past somebody days. brought up something interesting that I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they will do that." Where uh, old man Cap is like still around, but he's like just kind of living out his last years in silence. Uh, but Bucky and Sam reach out to him and tell him about Isaiah, and Steve gets fucking furious about it. Uh, and I was like, oh, that that would be interesting. I could see that being a reason for Chris Evans to put on the old man makeup uh, to do that scene, because I think that would be important. But I think you can also serve that by just having Sam go back to talk to Isaiah and have that conversation. And then, like, you give... <clears throat> That. Yeah, and I feel like we don't need I 
as much as I love Chris yeah. Evans, we yeah. don't need him here. And I think that's the whole point. And I think it would kind of do a disservice mm-hmm. to the story that they're telling if we had old man makeup. Yeah, and, and like in. like I said, and it's an interesting idea, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, I could see I could see that happening, but like, oh, I don't necessarily need it. But um, John, John Walker, Walker sucks. sucks. And like, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> uh, I can't believe that that guy is Kurt Russell's kid. How? 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 Oh, I can. But he, he has none of the like charm. Him. He has like zero, yeah, zero charisma, and it's weird. Also, up until he was in this, I had only ever seen him with like the uh-huh. bushy beard he usually has. So up. I genuinely had no idea that that was him. And I was like, Wyatt Russell, why does that sound so familiar to me? And then I was like, let me look IMDb him. And then I did. And I was like, oh, I've seen a ton of shit that this guy is in. He normally has a beard. That is why I did not recognize him. Because it's not just a beard. It's like an aggressive beard. Like full on like mountain man 80s Kurt Russell. Yeah. (laughs) Like Rob Roy. Rob Roy, Kurt Russell. Yeah. I um I hate that guy. But yeah. I I I really really do. And when that dude spits in his face, uh number one, I was like, I hope that was filmed before COVID because that's uncomfortable. Uh but number two, I was just like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and it's interesting okay sorry about that folks um, but what I was saying was I like what they're doing with the flag smashers uh, making them sympathetic but also like they're still definitely terrorists uh, Yeah. like you get why they're doing what they're doing um, yeah for sure and I, I like that because that's an important part of Captain America comics, like showing uh, how bad situations can force good people to do bad things. Um, right. And it's not always everything is the red skull. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always uh, like everything is clearly this person is bad. This person is good. Uh, mm-hmm. there's there's layers to it and I really really appreciate what they're doing with everybody in in that show because like they're trying to make you kind of be like alright maybe John Walker is okay but then he says something shitty and you're like no you're an asshole no you're um, you suck you suck hard like when Bucky looks at him and he's like you ever jump on a grenade and he's like oh yeah it's actually a fun trick i do with the helmet like the helmets reinforce and it's like you just don't fucking get it you don't get it at all oh my god i love this show so so much uh and like i loved wandavision more than you uh but like 
the fact that the first two shows that they're doing like are just completely nailing the shit that I love from Marvel comics in a way that the movies never have is so gratifying uh, because what I love about Marvel comics is these character studies and like actually diving into what makes them tick and like they're actually exploring how these characters feel and their trauma and how they overcome that and do the right thing to like help people uh and the best part of it and and i i think we probably brought this up during wandavision but the fact that it is a show instead of a movie the final scene of all of these episodes feels exactly like when you finish an issue of a comic book where like it leaves you with something where you're just like ah fuck are you yeah. kidding me mm-hmm. no wait and then it what gets do you, mean you it's so over? what do you mean credits what do you mean yeah. it's the last page i have to wait till next month yeah it and it's it's giving you that because like they tried to do that with the the post credit scenes but then you would have to wait a fucking year or two before it would be paid off and right. so like you lost all of that energy that that would come from that last last page cliffhanger that would get right. you so excited Whereas but they show we have to wait a week oh oh man and like i don't give a fuck about loki but i'll watch loki uh if for nothing else like owen wilson's in that show that's exactly why i'm not gonna watch it i i just have to see what the fuck convinced owen wilson to be in a marvel show like that's so fucking weird to me um i have zero tolerance for owen wilson I like him. And it's been a while since I've seen him in anything. So I'm like, yeah, I'll show you. I'm sure he's a perfectly fine person. I just, the way his acting style just gives me anxiety because I feel like he's always trying to calm me down in a situation where I'm already calm. (laughs) He always, he just always feels like he's trying to tell me everything's going to be okay. And it's like, I almost feel gaslit. And I'm just like, I'm calm. I couldn't be calmer. I'm sitting on a couch watching TV in my own home. I could not be more calm. If my pulse Mm -hmm. were slower, I would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. But but I I also think that energy will be kind of funny against Loki. Uh, I'm sure it will be. It's just I have no space for it. It makes me, especially in a place in a situation like we are all in now where everybody's on edge about everything all the time. I want to uh-huh. be able to just like zone out when I watch TV and having a a Luke Wilson or a Owen Wilson type of person. If it was Luke Wilson, I would be right in. But if it having an Owen Wilson type of energy just does not help. <laughs> like, yeah. I spent four years being gaslit by the president. I don't need to be gaslit by Owen Wilson too. <laughs> Which uh, I I do want to uh, bring up in the newest episode, the way that it opened with that like fake commercial of the um, global reclamation, yeah, repatriation, what what, uh, repatriation. Um, 
I was blown away by that because I don't know if that was like a new addition after Corona or if that was originally in the show, but the way that they nailed exactly how companies have been making commercials right now about the coronavirus, it felt so, it felt so poignant where it's like, every fucking company is making these broad statements about like how we we're gonna come back stronger and and like all that shit and then like you immediately cut to oh this is the company that uh fucking john walker is working for and he's being an asshole uh it's like it just felt so real and so accurate to what we're going through right now even though it is slightly different uh, but it did it in a way where it's also addressing the blip in a way where it, that is absolutely what would be going on in that world. Uh, which is, I think that's what makes me the happiest about these shows is that they they aren't letting the blip just go away. Uh, yeah. they, they are making it a vital piece of this entire universe and it affected every single person whether you got blipped or whether you were still around for those five years it affected you in different ways and And I'm I'm just so glad that they're not glossing over it it reminds me a little bit of how when the um the Netflix show started and how they would reference the Battle of New York as kind of like this thing that affected them on the street level, but like it wasn't an integral part of the story, but like it definitely had an effect on the neighborhoods and the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let that tie into kind of the world that they were living in post the Avengers. Um, but they didn't need to make it the end all be all of the story. And I thought of that, it, it reminds me of that, of how like, this is here and it's affected people. This isn't going to be all about that, but it did definitely affect people in a way, kind of like how coronavirus is affecting all of us in that, like, it's not going away. Even when we're all, people are vaccinated and we're free to like go and be out in the world again and everything's going to be largely fine. We're going to be, it, we're going to feel the effects of this for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Because like the past year is going to fuck people's brains up. Right. Like, it's the ripple effect of like infrastructure is fucked, um, economic progress is fucked, people mental people's mental health is fucked, like our interactions with other humans is profoundly fucked. Like, <laughs> like we're we're gonna be like a bunch of fucking middle schoolers once we're able to talk to each other in talk. person again. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. It is and and so, like, I'm, I'm so excited because one of the fears of, like, a lot of these superhero movies is that they commit to doing something big in the moment, but then they just have a short-term memory and just kind of push it aside. And it's like, hey, guys, are you ever going to talk about that? And it's like, why would we talk about that when we've got this whole other big thing that's going on? Dark side is here. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I, I really like that they're using this opportunity to explore uh, how people were affected by it. And the fact that like both WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier have a big focus on therapy uh, and, and trauma. WandaVision it does is... not have a focus on therapy at all. The bitch fucking okay, needs it... therapy. That's the fucking it... problem. She had magic therapy. She had uh... zero therapy. She had escapist behavior that is that in as a result of her escapist behavior affected and tortured a whole city full of people for a couple of weeks. She is yeah. the antithesis of what you're supposed to do when you're dealing with a profound mental health issue. It had nothing to do with therapy. Okay. Um, at least trauma. Ow. Sorry, my cat just bit me. Because um, Grayson agrees with me. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just so excited about Winter Soldier and like how, how much they're nailing it and how they're really fleshing out Sam and Bucky and they gave Sharon more to do and they're giving me Zemo and like it's we still it's have just... three episodes of exciting surprises in store I'm so, I, I'm so and look oh my god the fucking they're bringing Wakanda into it too I know Oh man! That's speaking of. That's the next um, DLC for Avengers. Mm-hmm. Is Black Wakanda Panther and Black Panther? Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, something that I will say about uh, about Avengers now that we're kind of back on it is if they don't at least get to Captain Marvel with how. Im- like present she is in that story with Kamala if, if they don't let me play as Captain Marvel I'm gonna lose my fucking mind like you can't show me that many pictures of her and then just be like she's not in this game and it's like Carol's gonna come back from space and be like what the fuck happened you guys uh huh uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone's just gonna be like, I don't know. I had a trailer. Tony's gonna be like, I had a trailer and I made hot dogs. Mm-hmm. He did make hot dogs. There's nothing funnier to me than that whole scene where he comes out and he's just fucking fucking cooking hot dogs on a generator. Mm-hmm. Funniest oh. fucking thing in the world. And also note, I will give this Avengers fucking game more props than like ninety percent of Marvel comics. All this shit went down, and Tony's sober. Uh huh. They didn't have he to make did him. Not... They did not have to make him fall off the wagon. Yeah, that's huge. That's so huge, uh, and and such a nice change of pace, right? Uh, that like, yeah, he's he's living living rough right now, but like, but he's, he's sober. He's still sober. Um. So, because I completely uh, would buy him going and living in a trailer and being like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> right, right, absolutely. That very believable. Um, 
did you have anything else you wanted to say about Fucky and Bucky? No, I think I'm I I'm good. I I just will cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about how many yeah. feelings I have about all of them. Oh, seriously, I keep coming back to that line. If he was wrong about you, you then maybe he was wrong about, about me. me. That is so fucking heartbreaking. Right? <laughs> like that tears me apart. And I think the most oh heartbreaking part about it is it means zero like Sam is unfazed. Mm-hmm. And it's just he like, doesn't even doesn't, doesn't even, even flinch. Which like fair, but also like No, I know. And I think that that's such a valid response because it's like yeah. this is your trauma. It's not my trauma. I have my uh-huh. own trauma to deal with and I can't unpack yours. Yeah. But Sam checks in on Bucky and yeah. is like, hey, you okay? Like, like it's building. It's building that relationship. That, I can that support I, you, but oh. I can't but I can't fix you. Yeah. And I think that that's Ugh. kind of, I think that's kind of the perspective that he's trying to take of like, whereas Steve wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, I can't fix it. I'll never be able to fix it. I'm, it's, first of all, it's not my chair, not my problem. And I can't be expected to do that for you. I've got my own shit. Yeah. But I can oh. support you. You just reminded me. How nice was it to see uh, Mark Zuckerberg show up as the guy who created the super soldier serum? <laughs> what a great cameo, right? Yeah, yeah, that was exciting. And and I just I just realized I called him Mark Zuckerberg, but I also absolutely meant Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> they're the same person. They're the same. They're the same. But that guy is a hundred percent just jesse eisenberg like you to cannot a t. tell me that they're not the same person because i will yeah. not believe you they look different sure but like performance wise that is jesse no eisenberg. i'm talking about jesse eisenberg and mark zuckerberg yeah oh that yes they are that the too. same person i mean i mean the scientist uh like yeah, no, I looks different I knew exactly but like who you meant. yeah oh my god I, when when he started talking i was like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he, he had a very Jesse Eisenberg sort of like tone and cadence. I was expecting him to put a Jolly Rancher in Zemo's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fully expected Zemo to take that Jolly Rancher and stick it in that man's hair. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Be like, no, thank you. I don't like the grape kind. And just wraps it up in there. I know you think by my purple mask I might like grape, but I do not. I don't know how to do Zemo's voice. I, I really don't. I can't either. I just would. I default to Russian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god! I just because he's already German, so it's like he's a German actor putting on another kind of vaguely Slavic accent. So it's yeah. kind of like I cannot even unpack that because I have I struggle even as a German I struggle with German myself as an actor uh-huh. it always inevitably goes Russian and I think it's just because I'm so used to doing Russian mm-hmm. because of all of my don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you <laughs> see I just go to moose and squirrel yes 
Well, I mean, I took the reason that it's the don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you thing is because it came out of accents and dialects in theater college. Oh, really? Yeah, because they had this whole thing. So like in class, we were required when we learned an accent, we would sit and talk in the accent to practice for a while. And like Mm -hmm. once we started one and we're learning it, we would have kind of like in language class, you would only talk in the language. So we would only talk with the accent in class and when we were learning a new one. And so one of the exercises was we would come in and we would talk about our weekend on a Monday in the accent. But I didn't have anything interesting to talk about over my weekend because I was poor and in college and I don't like other people. So I mostly just stayed home and like watched a house marathon. And so I didn't have a lot to say. So I said, can I just make shit up? And she was like, yeah, as long as you're using the accent, you can talk about whatever you want to. This is just a vague prompt. So I started going off into this whole thing about how like my wife was a belligerent whore. I beat her with broken pool cue. I found them backyard. Good God. She'd take liking to it. So I think she into S&M from Amsterdam. And then it became, somehow it turned into becoming, I was auditioning for American Idol. (laughs) And my favorite singer, Celine Dion. She's a beautiful singer, but she sort of looked like men. And it just spiraled into a character. And then at the end of the audition, the security comes to take me out because I am garbage. Because I want to rap on American Idol. But I rap with a Russian accent. Oh, God. And then at the end, security comes to take me out. And I said, don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you. Oh, God. <laughs> it just spiraled. So that, and that became, and they teach you with accents and dialects to have a phrase that triggers the accent. It's easy for you to say that with your accent or dialect that you're trying to take on. Mm-hmm. And Russian for me, the trigger became don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you because if i say it don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you in an american in my normal american midwestern dialect it's not as threatening it's, but when i make it, it yeah. when i make it russian and they sound like the black widow and uh-huh. they say don't touch me unless you want me to fuck you it's a little more threatening a little more threatening yeah uh, Not so which... much with the lisp that I have tonight because I bit the fuck out of my tongue. But, you know, when I talk like a normal person. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, you you actually just reminded me uh, of the part where Bucky is talking to Zemo and Zemo just starts right in on those fucking words just right away. And I was just like, oh, you motherfucker, are you serious? Like, you're, re- you're really doing this right away? And the way that Bucky shuts it down, but like, oh my god, give Sebastian Stan a fucking award for right. the look in his eyes. Because there's a sadness and also a bit of fear in him after those words happen. Where he's like, he shuts it down, but there's a part of him that's like, what if it's not gone? What if, what if I can still be triggered like that? Oh my 
God, what an incredible moment. So fucking good. Oh, I just, I, I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but right. there, there, there was one other piece of news that I wanted to talk a little bit about. And it was the cast being announced for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm bringing this up for two reasons. Because Joel Edgerton is there? Because Joel Edgerton is there. We oh, were going to have the same conversation. I'm <laughs> glad that we're on the same page. Because I had it ready to go when I was going to send you the little thing. And I was going to be like, Joel Edgerton is there. And I said, no. It has to come back on the podcast. Has to be on the podcast. I am so glad to say Joel Edgerton is here. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And and it's so weird because like prior to us having that conversation, like fucking two years ago, I didn't really care that much about Joel Edgerton. But now Joel Edgerton now is him. here. Joel Edgerton is yep. here and I'm happy about it. Um so excited that that obi-wan is gonna be fucking up owen lars's day at least one episode can't wait can't wait so excited uh yeah and then the other part is kamel nagiani's there oh my god this is gonna be the best show ever i'm so excited love kamel uh, I'm also very pleased. So Bonnie Pate, who's, uh, I don't know who she'll be playing, but she's in it. Um, I feel like she's Baru, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm glad that she's back and doing stuff uh, because she escaped Nexium. Really? Yes. She is one of the ones who came, who initially left because... And she was directly under, she was one of Alice and Mac's slaves. Whoa. So she's the one, the documentary that was on HBO. The Bow. She's, yes, she is one of the main focuses of that. Because her husband was also in Nexium and left because of her. Wow. Yeah, and he was one of the high ups that was like friends with poor man's Bruce Banner. Uh huh. Keith Raniere or whatever. I need to. So I need I'm really to watch happy that. To see her like, I. It is aggressively disturbing, so just be very careful. But um, it will upset you in in ways that you didn't realize you could be upset. Yeah. Um. Well, when the story also, first came out, like I I couldn't stop reading about it because I was just blown away that yeah. like it existed and like that it was chloe from smallville was very yeah. strange to me so i will never forgive her for ruining smallville for me fuck no because no. i can never watch smallville again because i'll just every time i see her i'll be like you fucking psychopath and and it like the reason that i am really mad is because like she was one of my favorite characters on that show she was great and i can't go back cannot yep cannot even come close to it sorry michael yep. rosenbaum i i'll miss you uh but i'm not doing it it's like hey hey 
I, 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 I'm, I'm sure I've said this before. Let's give Michael Rosenbaum and some more stuff, please. Can we? Can we? Yeah. Can we have some I more? I agree. Love that guy. Uh, anyways. All right. I think that'll um, I, uh, do it. I think that's about it. Because if I start crying about Dragon Age, we'll be here. For, we'll have a three-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um. I'm about to finish the DLC. That's what I was doing when we started. Ah, dang. So, I know. And I'm, like, devastated because I'm about to get my arm cut off. Yikes. Oh, yeah. I mean, in fairness, it is killing me, so it's probably better. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe you can, you know, maybe, just... maybe you get a, maybe you get a metal arm. Maybe you get a cool metal arm. A Robocon? Maybe, maybe, like, a vibranium arm. Maybe <laughs> I could be Bucky the Inquisitor. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that sounds awesome. Personally, valid. I mean, we have been renaming them all as Avengers. <laughs> uh, so. well, all right. I'm not sure if we'll wait until. Fucky and Bucky but, is done. If we'll do an episode sooner than that, it'll kind of. But we won't record. We won't record before your birthday. So happy birthday! Well, thank you, thank you very much. In advance, uh, and then I'll actually wish you happy birthday on your birthday. But yeah, just preemptively on the podcast. Happy birthday! I appreciate it. Since we probably won't record in a week. No. Uh, and if we do record in a week, it will still be. Uh, couple days before uh right but yeah uh i'm not looking forward to my birthday i don't like the ongoing passage of time (laughs) uh so that's cool um especially when i made the realization the other day that we are now as far away from the release of Wet Hot American Summer as Wet Hot American Summer was from when it was set. Uh, <laughs> and that fucks me Why up. Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? All right, let's just call this a night. Yeah. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 get into the freshness. Maddie's going into a whole spiral now. So yeah. just like let's just stay fresh. Don't don't house. don't even sweat it. I'll be fine. I'll be I'm I'm to- I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. All right, bye. <laughs>